0: Welcome, my children, The Brass Teapot by Tim Marcy. The old woman running the roadside antique. Stan stood, spoke. Roadside antique. Stand, spoke with a heavy accent. She skirted the table with two limping legs, hidden by loose draping leather pants and no shoes. John couldn't help staring at the woman's black toes. If she had once suffered frostbite. everything about her seemed to have once suffered an altering cold. Alice and John were on their way home from visiting the oldest daughter in college. They only stopped so John could stretch his sore back. Alice had been sleeping in the entire drive, or pretending to sleep, while thinking about all the money they had given their daughter as a loan. In secret, he had to scrap the idea of smelling a small vocation so she could retake her old algebra in the summer. The old woman approached Joan's wife with long fingers as so she pushed a brass teapot into Alice's hand. The transparent skin on her arms swung with momentum in her tiny motions. Thank you, Alice responded politely, not knowing where to s- what else to say. The old woman, staying cassetted at one heavy, one green table, overwhelmed by useless things from the past, heavy iron mementos. John rolled his eyes when the eye of his wife set to a brass teapot in the back seat of the fourth register. The car was noticeably struggling as they drove down the interstate, burdened by the small weight of the weekend suitcases. On the drive home, they argued about money, wasted money. With two children in college, nothing, neither would be able to maintain their scholarships. Not only was John and Alice's time in dwindling, but also the ability to make, in, make make ends meet. There had been mention of a second mortgage. As the car pulled into the house, each went to collect a suitcase. John stands Alice's finger on the trunk, accidentally, before, because she could snatch her hand away. I'm sorry, he started to, as he, to say as he took her hand to kiss it. A change in trembling being emanated from the car, like someone tapping on the grass kettle. When Nellis's fingers stopped throbbing, she picked up the teapot, moved over the top, and inside it was five-quarters. Practically paid for itself, she remarked. Still, John was annoyed when she insisted on setting it on the stove. But for four days he felt disrupted by its presence in an otherwise mo- mod- modern kitchen. They were overhauled everything when the children moved out. They got a fridge and two doors and a self-cleaning flat surface oven. It was known that the children were going to lose their scholarships and that Alice would be demoted. They could have never done it. In three years, they would all pay for and Their warranties were similar as its Joan was most aggressive when Alice decided to make their morning coffee using a brass teapot. The electric one's broken, she reported. John watched her standing in a business suit, her graying hair, poured in a neat tail, no, ponytail. She calmly boiled water and added coffee grounds. "'I've never done it this way,' she said, stirring a plastic spoon that bent in the boiling heat. John tried to show her the right way to do it, but it was too early to be giving orders. Neither was in good mood until they had their coffee and breakfast. Kisses, huggies, any affections came after food and coffee.' You've got to stir it like this, his, his, his head. He dripped a metal spoon into the cleverness depths of the darkened tip. She looked away, like she always did when John was correcting her. No, you don't. She snapped. She pu- pushed his hand out of the way, causing the pot to lun- launch and send one boiling wave stranding kind of into John's express wrist. Those wrists he yelped climbed into the kitchen care and poked at a tender pink skin, till so his wife brought him an ice pack. It's kind of blister, she said, applying the ice. He nodded and the two didn't speak until so after he poured a coffee and set out the toast for each of them. What time do you think you will be home tonight? She asked. Late. He replied. were yes, shipments coming in from all over the country. He would walk there were shipments coming in from all over the country and he alone could not work. A new could work the new processes system from incoming orders. There was one there was one other person that upcoming one went straight out of college, but John preferred to do it himself. It, if she proved her worth too quickly, he might get, find himself out of a job. his last quip of coffee, just before he was going to stand up the wife, and kiss his wife goodbye. John found something floating in his mouth. Did you wash this thing out? Of course, I it's clean. He poured out uh, some paper that uh, hid the roof of his mouth. It was a two-dollar beer what the hell is this then he asked they both bent over the kitchen table where john laid the bill out to dry neither the two could explain the presence of the money except to say alice had missed it somehow when she was cleaning though she swore she scrubbed every angle, brass teapot the two now embraced a long kiss both regretting the fighting they had done before over the long weekend, Alice's tongue stuck through John's slightly parted lips. He squirmed with genuine surprise. His burnt wrist burnt, brushed against his, her cotton top as he reached to pull, pull his hand beneath it. He yelped away from raw pain. A nickel dropped into the teapot. The two bent over and stared in wonder. John picked it out, held it up to light. Alice reached down with her and pinched her husband's arm as hard as she could. Before he could cry out or push her away, there was a sound of dimes dropping into the teapot. How did that happen? John hit, John asked. Hit me, she said. He stared at her. Don't knock me out or anything. Touch me in my arm. Hard enough to make a bruise. John didn't want to hit her. He Instead, he picked up his bootcase and headed for the front door. If I'm late, they, they're going to meet. Going to let her handle the shipments. Can't afford for me to miss out on all this overtime. We have to reach him to pay for it. This less than a month. He kissed Alice and closed the door behind him. The routine was was that Alice would make dinner because she got home fast first. First ever, first ever since her demotion from accountant to glorified register, John made breakfast and handled all the meals. On the weekend when John returned home at night, however. There wasn't a smell of any cooking in the air. He found his wife lying on the couch, the teapot resting on her stomach. It was late after ten. He had told his boss he would handle things alone and told him to send her home because she would only be in the way. Without any help, it took him two hours a lot longer than it should have been. after to finish processing his shipments, John Summit grumbled painfully at the lack of ready food. He hadn't eaten since two since. Two, Hadn't eaten since toast at breakfast, and had there there had been no time. A bowl that churned, had been churning away for months, and created ulcer in John's stomach. He's he's, 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 ate from standing for hours at home at time. The living room was dark, except for some flickering light out of the muted television set. What are you doing? What are you doing? He asked, turning on the overhead light. She tried to hide her face of the pillow from the couch, but he saw the bruise and swelling. What happened? Her right eye was bloated, coloured a dark purple, the only slit that she could peer out. He ran to the kitchen, got the ice pack out of the freezer, laid it against her eye. She jumped up, it was too sensitive, and asked him to wrap her towel around it at first. Did someone attack you? Do I need to call the police? His heart beat in his ears, beneath the worries his wife might have suffered a hemorrhage and die, was the worry about the impending hospital bill. He'd been forced to stop making payments on Alice's health insurance since her company doubled employee responsibility. No, she replied. She handed John the teapot. He removed the lid and saw inside it three ten-dollar bills. I hit myself in the eye, she said. He looked. He She looked ashamed, but was determined to tell him the truth gave me ten dollars i did it two times she told him that she thought it might eventually be more we've got to get you to the hospital she refused the swelling-go girl after a long heavy breath some resting her throbbing head on her husband's shoulder she suggested they use the money to go out to eat afford the food a restaurant which they couldn't afford any more Was enough for John to forget the strangeness of his wife hitting herself in the face of an iron, if only remember truly. I will think better of a full stomach, he ruminated. As they gathered their things to go out to dinner, Alice took the teapot and held it close to her chest. Stomach, he asked to leave, leave it behind, but she refused. What if someone broke in? Broke in and stole it. She she asked. She set it on the table at the restaurant, much to the confusion of the waiter, who eyeballed John when he was a, like he was an abusive husband. It was the first time anyone expected him capable of violence. What do you think? What do you think he we're going to do do that? He asked after he devoured his salad. They went to the Italian place. They used to go for birthdays and holidays. It was their favourite. I don't know, she admitted. Little droplets of white pus sneaked out of her opening beneath the bottom lid of her eye. John dabbed at it with his napkin after wetting it in his water glass. I don't know, but I feel we've got an opportunity here. Opportunity? The waiter returned with their meals. John got the view on top of the pasta. The Alice had a simple plate. Consisting of a small portion of several things on the menu. They didn't speak as they had. At his job there was no time for lunch that day early either. She ran the memos around huge office buildings, going on going up stairs and down long hallways all day long. They haven't let her wear sneakers because the dress code, so her feet were always blistered. A pay was much less than she had received as a full time clerk accountant a job she lost because of her tendency to make mathematical areas, reporting that she lost the company millions by misfiling a tax return for a important client. When the bill came, it was over $30. The two hadn't been to a restaurant so long that the prices had risen. They hadn't looked at their menus. We could put it on the discovery. John suggested, it's Max. They sat in silence. They were eleven jours short of even being able to pay the cheque, much less leave a tip. The trip to see their daughter over the long weekend and eating that what was left up. They're checking her gas and giving her extra money. Payday was still three days away. I could write a check out and I could write a check out in no checks, she said, pointing to a sign in the window of the restaurant. John's also screamed within his stomach, no longer satisfied with a warm nourishing food. After moments of avoiding eye contact with the waiter, John took the teapot with him into the men's room. He locked the door behind him, thankfully it was a bathroom for one person only, when he proceeded to punch his fist into the wall. At first his tentative profit only lit small change, dimes and nickels. He counted after five strikes into the portion of tiny on the wall. That was not quite three dollars. His fingers were now on now already burning. He'd drove his kneecap into the sink as hard as he could to make himself to make himself the pain went icy blood in every direction, making his heart starting his heart topping over. He leered into the teapot a five dollar bill. If every ounce of his courage he ran the water as hot as he could, sitting on the bathroom floor to run the right spoon. He'd let rent held his hand beneath it for twenty seconds when he burned his skin. His eyes slightly shut. He listened to the sound of quarters dropping till he was sure he finally had enough. Alice was embarrassed to pay so much change. As they left, she tried not to look at the other diners who stared at them. She popped, um, popped up her mysteriously wounded husband searching for the front door for, for her one good eye. John had passed out on the couch not long after he got returned home. Alice tinkered a bit in the kitchen. He told her he could hear whispers out and shit coming from the room, followed by a sound of change sprinkling in the bra- to the brass. In the morning he realised he'd overslept. Normally he would have been in the bedroom, where the alarm was set, but the living room was all silent. It was ten a.m. Alice had uncounted for. Alice was the teapot. John rushed into work, as they told him to go ahead and take the day off. When he told, to go, he told him he told him he told me they told me he looked up looked beaten up, she could handle it on her own. She had already proven that in less than two hours of processing shipments rejected John returned home to find his wife also not working. Why are you home? she asked. He stared in her face, and noon sunlight made her face look even worse than that in the restaurant. Why didn't you wake me up before? Why didn't you wake me up before? Wake me up before you left this morning? He said. She took it, told him she hadn't left that morning. She had accidentally knocked herself out in the garage when one of the hanging shells had fallen on her head. John felt about the skull until his fingers reached his bump. "I'm fine," she said. "We have to stop this." He shouted. He falsely took the teapot out of her hands and put it on top of the kitchen t- cabinet covered where he couldn't reach, where he couldn't reach. Understood. underturned, She scooted, scooted the chair under it and took it down. We have an opportunity to finally get ahead. She screamed back. This time, she would not let him take the teapot with, from with, with her grass. Get ahead. He, he explained to her that the only way they were going to get ahead was if they both worked their overtime. Today's already set us back. We'll never get ahead, John. We never have. We never will. The moment we get any money, something breaks. Or On one of the children, they argued for an hour. Alice, the tired time, clutching a closed teapot. She called him a loser three times during the fight, and he once, out of frustration, told her that he'd been a bad mother. It was the dirtiest they ever treated one another. When they finished, they both were hunched exhausted, over in exhaustion. Not having eaten breakfast, Alice lifted her lid, I find a teapot filled with twenty dollar bills. They there was just over four hundred dollars. Oh, the how John asked Alice reared back and spit in his face. She then told him how she had came home for lunch wherever she could wherever she could, in hopes that the postman would be walking in his boat and say hello to her. A twenty dollar piece, though John was too hunt- hunched over to see it. Now you do, it, now you do, it to me," she said. "You bitch," he said. Change clicked. No, do it for me for real. Tell me something that you hate about me, or something awful you've done, something that really hurt my feelings. John Fortes sat back at the table, trying to form a picture of what the postman looked like. "'I slept with Elaine Morrison. I already knew that,' she interrupted. "'I slept with her after you and I was dating,' He said spitefully. "'There had been a secret. Words festering beneath John's skin for twenty years. "'He could smell the words at night while she was lying in the bed next to Alice. Mule drew damp, green words under his skin, but not in his blood.' He saw a face as pale, with but a, a smile crept in her as she looked in the teapot and saw a fifty-dollar bill appear. "Keep going," she said. The two proceeded to another everything which had was no which no married couple had ever shared. John told her about a woman at work, the one who might replace him. How wonderful, outright the press were. Alice told him about the man she had been with before him, and things he had allowed them to do. As she would never allow John to do to her, they did—they did still love one another. By the end of the day, the pot had given them over a thousand dollars, more than ever than even them could make in a week at their job. It continued the next day after shouting at one another so furiously that they finally retreated into the corners and quiet themselves to sleep John got a call the fourth day from his boss saying he shouldn't bother coming in again that she can handle it. Fine, John replied, I've found something else. Anyway, his boss was surprised at the lack of emotion. Alice too decided not to return to her lawyer. They were running out on secrets and genuine insults. Insecure results didn't pay a dime. They still worked, on, still worked up enough money to get by for months. Each morning they woke up late, sometimes not until noon. Typically alone, they met in the kitchen. At the kitchen table, where they set the teapot in between them, I always, I always refer to you loose, as loose when you got, a... when in high school, John Miss Alice said, clank clank, you never, you never gave me any on 'cause them Alice replied. To 3 three dollar to twenty bills. Alice was learning to predict how much money would be in the teapot by recalling. The countenance of her husband in he insults the beatings of the quite were having a pretty more permanent effect on him. His face was beginning not to spring back. By the third month the teapot was rolling less and less money every day. Alice began reverting to slamming her fingers into the cupboards to reach a minimum amount needed to survive. The two figured out if they could get two hundred dollars a day for the teapot they would be fine. When the oldest daughter called the third month to inform them she was coming home for the weekend, Alice tried to gently suggest that she should not come. The girl wouldn't listen. She showed up to the doorstep, the very next night, but expecting, not expecting what she saw. When she entered her bedroom, childhood bedroom, things were different. The pictures had been on the mantel, smashed, some by fists, others by emotions. Her hair was short, cropped, Close to the head, she told her daughter she had wanted something different. But honestly, she had been pulling at it by a fish for out, for, uh, a fistful of money, to the point where she had to shave it to get all even length again. The old father was the bigger surprise. His hair had gone grey, and he was even heavier than he had been before. The two had been eating well, getting, never getting any exercises. They never wanted to leave the teapot, and to, to miss a the moment. They might make a little money. As she sat on the couch drinking a cup of tea staring at the changed environment in wonder she began telling them stories of her classes and her professor of her professors normally she would never listen they never would they wouldn't listen intently they wouldn't have questions or comments about the girls stories but neither spoke both alice and john looking thinking of the teapot which was sitting waiting on the coffee table in front of them. When the girl picked it up, both parents lunged at her and pulled it from her hands. It's an antique Alice commented committed setting it back down gently on the coffee table. What happened to you, anna The girl asked. There were four separate scars, it took looked, if you looked closely, but there was one brutal gash where she struck herself on the iron, that was noticeable any distance. That's nothing to feel, she said. The words of mouth formed, like, thank you and hello. Alice looked at the daughter's unpinched, uncut, unbeaten skin with greedy eyes. Then she hugged her. Just before climbing the stairs to go to bed, Alice pinched her daughter beneath her arms and, and on her back. What do you do that for? The girl yelled at the sound of change clearing in the pot when the nurse her, Sorry, her mother said, disappointed at the familiar sound of nickels. He handed the girl her suitcase. Alice banged it on her daughter's uh, still his skin. She howled and hobbled about for a few minutes until her mother apologized over the promising sound of sprinkling quarters. John and Alice waited for their daughter to go out with her high school friends to go or go to bed at night before they started their ritual of insults and physical attacks. When the girl asked in the morning what had happened, my mum's lip was swollen, the two remained quiet. A girl left on Sunday earlier than she had planned, because her mother tripped and actually pushed her down the suitcase staircase while she was walking behind her. However, she might have had a small fracture had she, and she wanted to go home. To take advantage of the college medical facilities. She thought it was strange that neither parent offered gas money. You shouldn't have done that, John said as he smiled and waved. Fifty dollars we're going to use to pay for her education. With all their secrets scattered about their modest home covered in broken glass and shattered spinted wood, the two were forced to go back to the beating themselves. John called his old bay the bus and called back for his old job on his buses at voicemail, but his calls were never returned. Television bills came every month, three months. They were on a payment plan. In addition to that, there was an electric bill, a mortgage, a mor- and credit cards. Not to mention the fact they had made take to Alice to the emergency room to treat the concussion that she had given herself, had given herself with one of the go garage couple a policeman visited John in waiting room and asked him questions. He'd written John's answers into a little notebook and showed John pictures of Alice's bruise. She fell. The policeman asked. John nodded his head and stared stared off into the other direction. As each of them, each week, John took a giant bucket of change to the bank to be counted returned in bills. The change is even di- even diminishing. They began to expect $400 a week in change, but now joined up to 250, $250. The fridge won't work, Alex reported. Why, why not? John asked, returning from a disappointing trip to the bank. I don't know, she replied. Maybe because you punched it a thousand times. Adage was changing every day. John suspected that she'd grown in herself another concussion the week before when she slipped in the shower and he had to pull her unconscious body, dangling crimson, wet head to the bed. She said it was an accident, but a teapot had been sufficiently sitting in the roof with her. They had found another trial and error. A teapot only worked when it was a certain range of the patient being wounded are you blaming me, for the refrigerator being broken? He asked her. What about the car? I could blame you for the shattered windshield. Her skin was bluish, pale. Her eyes were no, no white, only red and green. Sleep deprived gave her little bit of money, but there wasn't they. But not any. They weren't. Why she believed they were awake at night? She was in pain. Her head ate endlessly but refused to go back to the doctor saying they would never get ahead if they had to pay yet another hospital bill when the repairman came to work on the refrigerator he informed that the warranty didn't cover the damage and it exploded in the man's face he was short bald and heavy on his fingers rings gold and silver he wore blue ovals and a name tag that read randy miss i don't make the rules he started to say john dubbing dabbing an injury on his chin couldn't stop bleeding walking walked to his wife wa- on into his wife striking a man on the head with a wooden spoon he's older slow from his weight and, a limp and the limp in his right leg john alice john would bri- yelled. he walked pulled off the heavy man who was covering his face and ha- his hands a clank of wooden spoon hitting the, his wings had it in unison with the cart change rattling in the teapot Alice lurched at the record the man with her feet John having hold of her top half her thought planted firmly in the man's nose breaking it instantly blood roared out of his nostrils into his lips and eventually into already blood-stained floor you're crazy he yelled, screamed at him. you're wise, a crazy bitch he covered his face and his hand she's not crazy John responded calmly John walked over to the teapot and pulled out a newly formed $100 bill. He handed it to the repairman. Will you fix it for this? The man laughed. I'm taking it the cold. My nose is broken. John leered at the le- 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 Her blood skin burst in the kitchen light. The phone rang somewhere in the distance, but no one heard it. All everyone could hear, including the repairman, was the tearing sound of the knife that Alice pushed into the uh, repairman's stomach. Both his hands reached for the handle to pull it out, but Alice pushed it in further. Turned it until she'd been, uh, like she'd been, as she'd done in the movies. What the hell did you do? John yelled immediately. He started thinking about what they would do with the body, When he, how could he protect her from this? The fat man's body fell into the kitchen floor in two stages. Some under the impulsion of his spine tried to stay upright, where his thighs and ankles wanted to stay laid fat and be deceased. Alice had kicked in the ground once before his heart stopped beating. What the hell did you do? John asked again. She got down next to him, stabbed him three to four times in hopes that he would feel the pain. She then lifted this herself, John staring horrified in the corner, and walked to the teapot. She lifted the lid, a blood-spattered smile ch- 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 charmed across the face. Look at this, she said, as she held the teapot to him to see. And to see, though he didn't look, it was full of hundreds. Stuff full of hundreds. You killed a man, John yelled. In a panic, he looked out of the kitchen window. There was no one in sight. We have to get his body into the truck outside. See if you can find his keys. John went to grab the towels out of the bathroom to mop up the blood. But when he returned, she was in the game with a knife. It doesn't work after he's dead, she said. Can you can you help me? He asked. She had he had given her several, taken out several cleaning agents. We've not. We've got to do something with him before the people. No, he's missing. Alice wasn't listening. She was staring at the new, new now empty pot. Why could, why could buy we could buy our way by our way to paradise? She whispered. There's not a, fifteen neighbors in the house right round there. They trust us. Down, cross the street has a gun in his closet he keeps it loaded he had shown both of them on the fourth of july this is uh, this is over ten thousand dollars he said following through the unchanging faces of ben Franklin. why we, we could pay our way to paradise he repeated